Good morning, Grand Junction. This is the Wired Up Sports Podcast with Josh Coleman on KMSA 91.3. And we have a very, very special guest in the building today. He's the former Wired Up host. He is currently the host of the All Colorado Everything Podcast. My friend, Matt Kennedy, he's in the building with us today. I couldn't be more excited. How are you doing today, Matt? Josh, I'm doing good, my guy. It's good to be back. It's been a while. Yeah, it, it's been a while. It's I been lo- a while. I got. I love the feeling of nostalgia, and the studio breathes nostalgia. Yeah, it, walk in. it's almost been a year to the day since you were back on Wired Up Sports podcast. It was November thirteenth was your last appearance. Oh, okay. And I remember with this with Jerry. Jerry because it was the week I got COVID, and it was my birthday, and I was heartbroken that I missed you coming in on the podcast on my birthday. When's your birthday is next week? November thirteenth. Yeah. Woo-hoo. Yeah. There you go. And so I remember we're almost a year exactly since you last joined us. And, well, I couldn't be more happy that you're back on the podcast with us today. Appreciate y'all having me. Yeah, I mean, it's been, it's been quite a week in the sports world. The last couple of weeks have been an interesting week. We, w- before we jump into the NFL talk, we have to start off the top of the show and congratulate the Atlanta Braves with their World Series win last yes. night. Winning 7 to nothing in a decisive game is just downright impressive it was one of the most dominant game six wins in in a world series history the first time since like 2004 that it was a shutout in a in a in a game or what is it called a a series winning decisive game yeah yeah, decisive winning game Mm -hmm. first time that's ever happened at least since in the the last 17 years or so when uh Boston defeated the Astros mm-hmm. one to nothing in, in, in their in their game four sweep of the World Series victory. So congrats to the Braves, man. Great team, great victory, great win. Feel good. You get chills anytime you watch like a, a team like that win the World Series, considering what they've been through this year. I I love it. I love it. Well, I mean, yeah, you mentioned the adversity. This is their first title since nineteen ninety five, and actually the second title in Atlanta sports history, the professional sports history, with that first one being their ninety five title, but They also entered with a record streak of 16 postseason appearances without a title. But, I mean, three months ago, they were under 500, lost their best player, Ronald Acuna Jr., and their entire outfield, and today they're World Series champions. To do what they've done with the resources that they have, it's pretty impressive. I was talking to uh, um, Austin Kaiser last night, who's who's, uh, now the former assistant athletic director for CMU. He was the National Player of the Year for Division II Baseball when when he played at CMU. And I was like, what does it take for a team to to win like that in the in the postseason? He's like, well, considering that CMLB when everybody's the best players in the, in the entire world, you know, I mean, baseball players, it's it's not that hard to find good quality players midseason. And when you just buckle down and, and it's all mental at that point, he's like, these guys clicked at the right time. They came together at the at the exact moment when they needed to, and they they pulled it through. And for some reason. Playoffs are a different animal. Baseball is a very, very weird sport. It's a terrible sport, and it's a great sport all at the same time because what shouldn't make sense makes sense in baseball. Yeah, I mean, you're absolutely right. I feel like at least every couple years we see teams that just have incredible stories that fought through all of the adversity to get there, and then they end up winning the World Series. It's just one of those sports that literally anything can happen with that sport. We say that with all of the other team sports, but it's not quite the same kind of thing with baseball. It, no. it literally is the best team wins on that day. Yeah. Or in that series. Yeah. Or it's, it's something to behold. I was never very good at baseball, but I enjoy watching it. 
Especially when they beat the Dodgers. No, the Dodgers and Astros are the two best teams ever to watch lose. Uh-huh. And the Red Sox and Yankees. So basically the Braves are our favorite team now. Yep. When they beat the Dodgers and the Astros in back-to-back series. Absolutely. In the postseason. Yeah. Woo. Absolutely. I mean, I feel like before we kind of wrap it up, I feel like we have to talk about the Jorge Soler three-run home run in the in the top of the third inning that put the Braves up 3 nothing. I mean, I'm wasn't watching the game at this point, but I watched the replay and it was quite possibly the loudest home run I think I've ever heard hit. It, it, one, he knew the second it left his bat mm-hmm. that it was gone and the entire stadium erupted. It was special to watch. I got chills watching it. It was it was something else, man. Well, he, I mean, it was an away game too. Mm-hmm. Atlanta fans showed up in, in, in Houston, man. Like post game when they were doing the presentation and stuff, the entire first deck was full of Braves fans that all moved down Move to watch their team uh, receive receive the trophy and and celebrate and just commemorate what 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 a year it's been for them because three months ago back for August sixth team was below five hundred as you already said yeah and at that point in the season you're not really thinking your team's going to do much but then you see teams like the Cardinals who win near nearly twenty games in a row make a postseason run you see the Braves who win less than ninety games in a season like I think it was eighty eight yeah to be specific mm-hmm. come up and and beat the Dodgers they beat the Cardinals they beat the Astros. Impressive. It's impressive. Yeah. Baseball's a weird sport. Again, that's all I got to say. Yeah, it 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 really is a weird sport, and we just felt that we had to mention it because it, what kind of a sports show would we be if we didn't talk about the World Series winner? It just wouldn't feel right. Uh, but you know, we'll jump into the rest of today's show as well. We have some Von Miller talk as well, uh, Henry Ruggs DUI charges, and then we will end the show with some Derrick Henry news. And some top five, bottom three, and perhaps maybe even a live Matt's Matters react with our very own <laughs> Matt Kennedy. <laughs> but, I mean, when I saw the news for Von Miller got getting traded, there was only one person. I, I knew that I had to get on this show, yeah. and it was you. Sure. There was one person. I was like, I have to get Matt Kennedy on the show this week. It, this might be one of the few times we've actually agreed on this trade, too. Because I think that I can say... We're not happy about the trade, but it did seem like it yeah. was coming. Oh, yeah. For at least two years now, mm-hmm. especially this season, considering what happened to Vaughn last year, missing the entire year with, with his ankle injury, coming back, still looked great Yeah, in the preseason. His his I mean, his physique is one of the most fantastic physiques in the, in the entire NFL. Yeah. And the fact that he's still 32 years old and he's like, yeah, I'm going to put up 20 sacks this year. Okay, Prove it. First three weeks of the season, he did great. He was fantastic, but it got a few sacks. I think it was like, what, five sacks by the end of the first three games? Yes. And then he's only gotten one since then. And then he got hurt against the Browns almost really badly. Uh, I think it was the same ankle that he had his, he had his surgery on. And that's when the rumor started. Mm-hmm. That's when I was saying, okay, we may, be, we may be seeing Von Miller for the last time in a Denver Broncos uniform. I didn't want to believe it. I was like, they won't have the guts. They won't do that. Von's their guy, and then the news broke yesterday, or Monday, Von Miller traded for a second, third round pick, and that's when it settled in. Mm-hmm. Wow, this is reality. Okay, Von, the face of the franchise, 11 years, all-time sack leader in Broncos history. The impact. It's it's one of those moments in, in franchise history to where you look back on it and think, I remember where I was that day when, when Von Miller got traded to the LA Rams. Yeah. It's a it, moment in time. It was not something I was expecting at all. This season, especially after we beat the Washington football team, you 
get back to 500, perhaps, perhaps maybe get back on track for the season. I don't think so, but I wasn't, I wasn't ready for the news to quite be broken as quickly as it was, especially because we heard the rumors, but it never really gained a ton of traction until it broke and he was traded. Yeah. It was quickly dismissed by Vaughn himself. Not that it was necessarily being, it wasn't being asked in press conferences. Yeah. They weren't asking, are you considering any trades? Are people asking about Von Miller? No, it was, they were talking about Kyle Fuller, Tim Patrick, uh, any other cornerback on the Denver Broncos roster. Those are the players who were considered being traded away. And Vaughn was like, well, we signed him at the beginning of the season. I guess we'll commit to him for the whole year. Mm-hmm. But George Payton saw it differently. Yeah, I mean, and I know we both, I didn't get to watch the full press conference from George Payton yesterday, but he said some things right, and he said some things that I that he said because he had to, but I just flat out don't believe. Which what which stuff specifically? Because um, there's a lot of things he said that one of the few things that specifically I when he said we're still in the thick of it, anything can kind of happen. That gist of a quote where he still thinks the Broncos have a shot, but to me the trade from trading Von Miller just mails in the season. Yeah. Yeah, no, it it doesn't necessarily mail in the season, but George was he was realistic about it. Um, I think he was even asked, "Do you think the Broncos are a winning football team?" And he said, "Not yet." He 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 did realize he's like we're not. He said we're not where the L.A. Rams are. That's but right. that's where we want to be. He says maybe we'll be there by the end of the season, which is you know as a, as a general manager in the first season, you want to say that George is really good at being professional and right. being optimistic and. I really wish he was doing the press conferences instead of Vic Fangio because <laughs> he's just he's such a more personable guy. And with Vic and Pat Shermer, I I want to hear more of George Payton. I want to hear more of George Payton every single time. However, when George, I, I got one of the quotes. He says, and I quote, "We're not approaching a rebuild. Um, we're just trying to do it the right way. And sometimes you have to make tough decisions. We want to build a foundation here. Uh, we have a lot of good players here." He also says it's not fair to Justin Simmons or Teddy Bridgewater. Or the core guys to rebuild. I think we have enough players here. Now, do you really want to? What do you say? He said, "Do you want to build on the foundation that we already have?" Sure. And he just kind of says the same stuff, like about integrity, about character, about moving forward, all the things that general managers are supposed to say. But you got to be realistic when when he says one of the reasons why I came here was Vic Fangio. Like, okay, yeah, okay. Vic's may not, Vic probably not even going to be here after this season. Trading Von Miller yeah. away is an indicator that Vic is heading down the wrong path. Yeah, I would agree with that. I don't, I would be surprised if Vic was here next season, especially if we end up under 500 again, which it's just seeming more and more likely every day. Um, But like it's to going back to the Peyton quote. The thing that bothers me about that quote is it's really not fair to, Justin Simmons to try to trade him away or do this to even shop some of that if he was if he was in that position where we shop Justin Simmons instead of on sure wouldn't be fair to him I don't think it Teddy Bridgewater needs to be in that quote for a guy who's played eight games here who still is he won the job but to me he's looked like a starting quarterback at times and hasn't at times I just don't think that he needs to be in that same kind of core unit especially because I don't think Teddy's going to be here for much more than this year, maybe extended six to seven, eight weeks next year. I just don't like the facade that they they think that the guys who are here right now aren't going to 
are, are going to keep being here next year. Right. When he talks about Pat Shermer. Right. I mean, we were, Josh, I, I, if you, if you under, and you understand my, my frustrations about the game on Sunday. Oh, my. The, one of the ugliest last possessions I have ever seen. The worst. The worst game management. Yeah. To close out a football game. You have 45 seconds left. They have three timeouts. That's okay. You, you run the ball. Even if you don't get a first down, you punt it. You punt it away. Literally my exact same thinking. And you fumble once. You recovered. Okay, great. Take a knee then. Take a knee. Run the football. No, Teddy's going to keep it. He's going to like to pass it. That was on Teddy. That's on him. Yes. Vic did not call for a pass play. Actually, well, he It okay- was called, but Teddy... He okayed need- the option. Yes. But Teddy knew I should not throw away this football, but he did. He should have slid for sure. And then Melvin Gordon, who has not fumbled in over three years, decides to make this one the one that happens. Yeah. Which... Again, he took responsibility for it. Good on him as well. But my goodness, what an ugly set of events. Yeah. That alone, along with the fact he only put up 17 on the Washington football team, who has the 32nd worst pass offense. No, sorry, not the, the, just the worst, 32nd best, that is, pass defense in the, in, the, in the entire NFL. And he only put up 17 points. Well, and even if you look at the whole season, Broncos don't. Like, their best scoring outputs have been 27, 23, 26, 24. And all of those teams, or four, three of those teams, or games were against three of the worst teams in the NFL. At the time, winless. Basically. Winless teams in the NFL at the time. And then the Raiders, who can, we consistently battle with because the Raiders are also but a pretty a mediocre team. Exactly. Time. Garbage time. And at that point, you're just scoring to for your own pride. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't actually mean anything for the game. So, like, I, I'm at the point where I i can't believe what George Payton says just because I know he's a general manager and has to say what he has to say to the media to put himself in the best light, but also to make sure his locker room and, like, coaching staff doesn't not appreciate what he's saying and doesn't turn on him. I was talking with, uh, with Sarah Bettinger this morning um, who, who co-hosts the Locked on Broncos podcast, Rifle Blue Dominic the Orange. Really optimistic guy. In fact, I think that's a good aspect of the Denver media. A lot of these younger journalists slash reporters are are um, are optimistic people. But I'm like, hey, honestly, Sarah, do you think the coach is going to be here next year? He's like, I don't, I have, I have no confidence that the coach is going to be here next year. There's no reason why they should be, especially after the last four, four, four games, five games, four game losing streak, and then this ugly win against Washington. And now you got to face the Cowboys with possibly a now rejuvenated Dak Prescott. Yeah, that game is... I'm not fully excited for this Sunday to watch that football game, and the Cowboys probably putting up 30 to 40 points on the Broncos. I'm really concerned about how trading away Von Miller is going to see as a positive thing for this season. I, I, It's a great thing for, for next year. Yes. 11 draft picks, uh, draft stock to potentially get a franchise quarterback. Aaron Rodgers. Yes. If he decides to if he decides to, to get out of Green Bay. But next week and this year, George was saying, Hey, we're not done. I get it, you're not you're you're five hundred. You gotta say that. Yeah. Let's be realistic here. In the grand it's scheme over. of things, when George Payton gets off that podium and he's thinking in the back of his head, do you think he fully believes everything he just said? No. <laughs> There's not a if he fully believes everything that he just said, uh, George Payton, you might need to get the mentals checked if you actually believe that the Broncos 
are still in the thick of it. I think that they can end it somewhat of a relatively close to 500 record, but it, that's that's the goal right now. And to go back to your point, like the trade for Von Miller, it doesn't bring positives outside of some draft picks and possibly a push for Aaron Rodgers. But even then, like my issue with that is it's just another Band-Aid fix. Is in four years sure. we're gonna need we're gonna be in the exact same position where we're looking for another quarterback and we're gonna miss on a bunch of picks and that's kind of the way that the Broncos do things. But again, if Aaron Rodgers does come to Denver and we get back to that discussion we had all preseason, thinking if he comes, if we win two Super Bowls, yeah. you know what? I'll take it. I mean, I wouldn't be – I'm not going to be angry just... <laughs> if, a, if Aaron Rodgers turns a Bronco. I just don't think that Band-Aid fixes can, can continue to be as good as how we yeah. handle things like when the Broncos – got Peyton Manning. Everybody knew it was a Band-Aid fix, and we accepted it because we knew we were getting a Super Bowl. Right. And then f- four years of, I don't want to, three years of superb Peyton Manning play, one year of mediocre injured Peyton Manning play, won a Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. And, and since then, we've been one of the worst teams in football, whether you look at records or just the actual team. The De- Denver Broncos haven't been good since the Band-Aid because they miss on quarterback picks. And that's the reason why they're struggling this year. Mm-hmm. Not that Teddy's a bad quarterback, but he is not great. He's a very average NFL quarterback. And he, when he's not 100%, he's not good. Yeah. And then you refuse to play the guy who is 100% in Drew Locke, who we've seen what he can do, which I'm not sure exactly what I'm saying with that, but he, he does things. <laughs> he does things. Drew does a lot of things. He does do some things. And some of those things are, are very exciting. Yeah. And this season for the Denver Broncos has not been very exciting outside of the three-game winning streak to start up the season. Yeah. So, so moving forward with this, where do you go? And I think with George Payton, honestly, I don't know if he's even thinking about Aaron Rodgers. He's, he may be thinking, because the way he described it in the press conference was, we have draft cap- capital now. We have draft picks. We have two second-rounders and two third-rounders for next year. Those can easily turn into a higher first-round pick to draft up. I'm not sure if there's any quarterbacks within this next draft class that I would necessarily target to be the next franchise guy. Not anybody that I can think no. of. I, I really can't look at a, one of the, one of these guys, whether you know from UNC, from from a maybe from Pitt, from Derek King, if I'm saying his name right, the Houston quarterback. But even then, it's he doesn't really fit the Broncos' scheme. No. So Denver, here's here's what we should see. For the rest of the season. Because you're not going to get your franchise quarterback next year. Teddy improves. Denver wins three out of the next four games. They are sitting at seven and five at the start of December. You have a win against the Chiefs in there. And either a win against the Cowboys or a win against the Eagles in an NFC West. Or sorry, NFC East matchup. Teddy goes for... Nine touchdowns, two interceptions throughout that stretch. You're feeling good. You're thinking, we can do another year of Teddy. We sign him to another $10 million contract for one year. We keep him. Then we, then, then we build up more draft stock for the year after that. I'm looking at the best options here. I mean, there's not a lot of options for Denver. No, not really. And then at that point, where's Drew Locke? Are yeah, we going to? He's not sticking. I, I imagine he's not going to be a backup here. He's he can be a starting caliber quarterback, not a great one, but he can be serviceable. He can be a Taylor Heineke if, if you need him to. 
I don't know. I don't, yeah, but Drew doesn't deserve that, though. No, I don't think so either. But I, to the point, I just don't know where the quarterback room ends up after this after this year. It's one of those huge question marks that Denver Broncos has had for the last, what, six years? Right. So Denver's best option is to go after an Aaron Rodgers or a Russell Wilson. Mm-hmm. That's that's the best available plan. Is it- maybe, not, maybe not Russell Wilson. We might have to give up too much to get Russell Wilson. Yeah. I'll, I, I wouldn't, again, wouldn't be mad about it. No, but he's one of those names that's thrown around. Yeah. And... The last thing that I have to say before I will run through his stats and then I'll play the clip of Von Miller actually departing the Broncos facility is this only adds more pressure to the defensive backs unit, which already handles most of the pressure on the defense as it is. Mm -hmm. And I mean, Pat Sertan, as good as he's been all year, we can only ask him to do so much. He's a rookie. He's a rookie. And I think that at a certain point, our secondary is going to start taking hits because our pass rush is non-existent without Von Miller. Like, Malik Reed is is good, but a lot of our pass rush has come from the fact that Von Miller either gets chipped by a tight end or gets doubled on almost every play. Yeah, yeah, at least that's the way it should work. Well, yeah, that's... Right? Last last month, Von has been rather inactive. In right. Bradley Chubb being out, it takes out that factor. It takes out the it takes out the, the factor of a, bit, of a big threat in which he's stealing double teams. But... Denver got four sacks against Washington on Sunday. Malik Reed had had two. Weatherly had one, and then I think uh, who's the, I can't remember if it was Draymond Jones or I think it was Draymond. Draymond had one as well. So the there there is talent. They're there. They can get sacks. However, is it going to be overly consistent where you're going to rely on a guy to get 15, 20 sacks a season? Right. Is Bradley Bradley Chubb is your only option to get that, and he is less than productive when 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 he's in this state. Yeah. And he's coming back maybe after the bye week. So honestly, I so don't the, know. The way George Payton was talking about it, he's saying we got we got good guys. I think we got we got great guys. Yeah. But it's not what Denver initiated at the start of the season. This Absolutely. is a different looking team. The linebacking core non existent. With you got your, your top two signal callers out there. Your secondary has been less than productive as you hoped it to be. You hoped it to be a top five the most expensive secondary in the entire NFL. And the guy you're paying $8 million for has played three snaps in the last three weeks yep. in Kyle Fuller. And the guy who you drafted paying on a, playing on a rookie contract, league minimum almost, in Pat Sertan, has been your best defensive player. So my confidence, despite George Payton's ability to work a microphone really well and say this team has, has, has a hope in the future, what happens on Sunday when the Broncos come out, give up 35 points, and lose by lose by 14? Yeah, I mean, I'm at the same point. I just, it's going to be, especially this week. This was quite possibly one of the worst weeks to let go of Vaughn because you needed him to at least compete with the Cowboys. And now... With the trade deadline. Yeah, trade deadline did, didn't help us do any favors for us. But, I mean, I would have much rather had... No Vaughn for the Washington football team came than, sure. than the Cowboys. Sure. But it is what it is. At the end of the day, I'm, I'm just happy Vaughn is with a good team. And actually, I forgot to, what's your favorite Vaughn memory? Favorite Vaughn Miller memory. It's tough to beat Super Bowl 50. Got to say it's one of the best ones. But uh, I would just say, I think I can't remember if it was if it, when he sacked Aaron Rodgers or something, and he did the uh, McCringleberry um, oh. hip pump. <laughs> 
just, just, <laughs> or just any Von Miller cele- sack celebration. It's one of the favorite things. I think actually, you know what? His first sack this year, when he when he made the sack and like crawled on his knees for like ten yards. Mm-hmm. You, just, you, you love Von. You're happy for him. Um, he came up with with his like his ten minute goodbye video that, that the Denver Broncos posted. That was great. Watched it, teared up. He had so many thank yous. Vaughn has made such an impact, not just on the on on the Denver Broncos, but the entire city of Denver and the entire state of Colorado. With Vaughn's vision and the the work that he's done through the Denver Broncos organization, his leadership. I mean, he was at a he was at um oh who was it? He was at a football game on Saturday night two days before he got traded, and and uh, George Payton's son was playing in that game, and then I think it was Chuck Pagano's son. Yes, was also playing there, mm-hmm. and Vaughn was there to watch him. And that speaks to the character that Vaughn has, despite everything that's happened this year with those alleged delegations that ended up proving to be nothing. Vaughn's a Denver Bronco yeah. for life, mm-hmm. even though he's not one right now. I mean, we're going to miss him. He's one of my favorite players of all time. Wore 58 my, my, my eighth grade year, first year that he joined, because that's the kind of impact that he makes on kids. Yeah, I mean, he's... He will be missed in the city of Denver on and off the field for everything that he did off the field. Vaughn's vision being one of those. He's he's truly a, one of those guys that you just look at and you are happy he plays for your team because his contributions on and off the field. Yeah, My favorite memory has to be the New England Patriots game, the playoff game, on the way to the Super Bowl 50 because yeah. I've never seen Tom Brady look more uncomfortable yeah. in a pocket and it was all due to Von Miller because he was getting to him on almost every single play. It I, was, ooh, it was heartwarming. I, saw st- I remember the stat line for that because somebody posted it the other day. It was like nine tackles, 2.5 tackles for loss, two sacks, an interception. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. It was Von. It, it was a masterful playoff run by Vaughn that year. Very deserving Super Bowl 50 MVP, but mm-hmm. like MVP of that entire season, entire postseason run. Like Von Miller is the reason for that Super Bowl. Gonna miss him. Yeah. And we'll be cheering alongside him when he uh when he wins the Super Bowl this year with the LA Rams. Yeah, absolutely. It's gonna be uh I'm definitely a Los Angeles Rams fan come playoff time. Sorry, Jerry. I don't feel bad. No, I don't feel bad. No, the LA Rams are the most likable team in LA. I will give you that. The they, LA market, they are. I'm okay with rooting for the Rams. Mm-hmm. Ever since ever since they moved there and Sean McVay became their coach, I have never not liked the Rams. Yeah. With what they're doing. Stafford changed slightly for me because I just want to see Stafford get a ring. Yeah. He deserves it more than anybody else yeah. on that team. And I now Von Miller's on that defense. Yep. Next yep. to Aaron Donald. Yeah. Oh, it's, my gosh. They're scary. Oh, my gosh. They're scary. Inside, outside, both of those covered. Then Jalen Ramsey in the backside. Yep. It's. I do think eventually the Rams, they're going to run into salary cap issues. With, yeah, they only have $4 million for next year. Right. And the Broncos, with the trader paying $9 million of Vaughn's $9.7 million salary, but... I mean, if they can keep that team together for as long as possible, they can be something truly special. It's a good three-year window Yeah, that they have. Yeah. But we will take a quick listen to uh, what Vaughn had to say leaving the Broncos facility. It was very sad. Uh, it gets a little emotional, but I uh, feel like we have to, have to hear it. Just have one to. more time. Hopefully we don't cry. You know, it's hard to, you know, really put the emotions into words. You know, this is all I know. This is, you know, this is all I, you know, ever, you know, ever knew playing a pro pro sports. Here with here with the Denver Broncos, I've, you know, I've been here through the ups and the downs. And, 
you know, it's always tough whenever you, whenever you leave, though. But I, I love all my fans. I love Broncos country. Um, when I say Broncos for life, I meant that, and it'll always be on my heart. And he says it there, Broncos for life. Vaughn, you will forever be a Bronco. We will love and miss you. But we will take a quick break and be right back with the Wired Up Sports Podcast with Josh Coleman here on KMSA 91.3. We will be back to talk about the Henry Ruggs DUI charges and that whole situation along with his release from the Los Angeles or Las Vegas Raiders. Excuse me. I'm Josh Coleman here with my friend Matt Kennedy, who's joining us per request of me today. I'm very, very thankful that Matt joined us. But now let's move into stick in the AFC West, move into a, a much, much sadder, heartbreaking topic. For those who don't know, yesterday Henry Ruggs was booked with a DUI resulting in death charge. Um, and I will read this statement in just a second, but Henry Ruggs found himself released from the Las Vegas Raiders yesterday after he... Actually, let me read this tweet now. Because on November 2nd, at approximately 3.39 a.m., the LVMPD responded to a traffic collision near the intersection of South Rainbow Boulevard and South Spring Valley Parkway involved a Chevrolet Corvette and Toyota RAV4. Responding officers located the Toyota on fire. The fire department personnel responded and then located a deceased victim inside the Toyota. Preliminary investigation indicates the front of the Chevrolet collided with the rear of the Toyota. The driver of the Chevrolet identified as 22-year-old Henry Ruggs III. He remained on the scene and showed signs of impairment. He was then transported to UMC Hospital to be treated for non-life-threatening injuries Ruggs will be charged with DUI resulting in death, and it's an ongoing investigation. Ruggs, he was taken to the hospital Tuesday morning, early Tuesday morning, and was released, and he is set to appear in court this morning, today, for his initial hearing. Uh, But, man, this couldn't be any more of a sadder story right now. Uh, Also, the victim who was hit her car burst into flames uh which left the driver and her dog dead uh first and foremost thoughts and prayers go out to the victim's family this is some of the worst news ever to get um and it sucks when it's in the sports world uh no matter the victim no matter who's uh the the driver it's never a good situation not something you ever want to hear uh i just I don't know how much to say about Henry Ruggs outside of you got to be smarter. I mean, it's it's just a very, very sad time. Ruggs is also facing two felony charges of driving under the influence of alcohol resulting in death and then reckless driving. I mean, he's in trouble. Yeah. NFL aside, he's no longer an NFL player at this point. He's yeah. not on an, on an actual team. He may be facing up to two to 20 years in state prison. 
looking at the ESPN article, he's, it's he can't get probation uh, on an option for for conviction of of charge of DUI causing death in the state of Nevada. Yes, he could he could he could go to prison for a very very long time. Yes, there is probation if it goes a certain way for him, but it's for the DUI resulting in death charge. It is no no probation. I believe it is the reckless driving, and I saw somewhere that that he only has probation available with a jail sentence, yeah. not a probationary period where he doesn't go to jail. It's jail time with a chance of probation. So it but yeah, no, you you hit it on the nose. He's in he's in quite the bit of trouble and even if you look at this football wise, good job by the Las Vegas Raiders to get him off their roster as soon as possible. Raiders their season, man. Yeah. With all that's going on right now within that organization, good job by the Raiders to just get him off the roster. I I think it was the best move for them. Well, yeah. Well, I mean, what are you supposed to keep him on and be like, yeah, we're going to wait till the, the investigation starts? No. Anything that results in a DUI death to where it's a possible 20-year sentence at the worst, yeah. doesn't matter if it's your first-round draft pick. Get the guy off the roster. Yeah. He, I mean, it's... Especially at 3.39 a.m., you're coming off your bye week. What are you doing out? Why are you out at 4 a.m., basically? And why are you intoxicated at 4 a.m. is a different story. And then as an NFL player, you have the money for an Uber, a cab. I'm sure you could have called a teammate, a coach, or anybody on the, in the Raiders staff, and they would have come and picked you up. And... Also, Ruggs had a passenger with him, too. Mm -hmm. So, like, you got to be smarter. We're, we're both in car. Well, his passenger was, he has, he has a daughter with, with the woman who was in his car. I did not see that report. I did not see that. I don't know if that's his girlfriend or I don't think it's his wife, but they had a kid together. Interesting. And even then, that just makes it worse. How are you guys both making that choice with a child? that you could possibly leave behind if they were the two to end up dead in this situation. Or even if all three of all of the parties ended up dead, like they're, I'm in college, you graduated from college. We, we both know this situation. We, I'm sure we've both dealt with people who've tried to drive drunk and it isn't hard. At least for me, it's not hard to say no. Huh? And when you get to being a public figure, an NFL player, it gets that much harder, but you then have to say no for that much more of a reason because not only are you putting money on the line, you're putting lives on the line like this, but it you are a public figure. This sets an example for those coming after you as well. You have to be smarter and better for those after. I got, I, I'm looking at the photo right now. It's, it's devastating. Yeah. Um, looks like the car that the woman was in burst into flames. I'm it sure it was a possible death on impact situation. Mm -hmm. It's, it's, it's heartbreaking. It's, it really, really is. It really is, is heartbreaking because mentions in the ESPN article that, that rugs had a childhood friend die in a car accident back in 2016. Mm -hmm. And when rugs scores or does anything, right, makes like a big play. He puts up the number three because his friend wore number three. Mm -hmm. So rugs is aware of, of, and he's been impacted by situations like that. So the fact that he's now involved in 
I, I got nothing to say about about his character. I don't know anything about Ruggs, about his personal life. It's just it's 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 just terrible when professional athletes who have resources, who have the likes and the means to to be a good person, make mistakes like that. Yeah, I'm I'm right there with you. Like, I don't I don't want to speak on his character. I'm sure, out, outside of this one incident, he's probably a decent decent man. But this this is character suicide right here, basically. Oh yeah, yeah. His career is done. Yeah, Henry Ruggs is not going to be back in the NFL. Yeah, and I figured maybe if he could, if the Raiders would be able to ride it out with him, he might be able to stick in the NFL. But he's but there's no he's way over. he doesn't there's no way he doesn't get convicted of something here. He's he's gonna he has to unless tapes show otherwise. But I mean, I just can't imagine it goes in Rugs' favor. Convicted at at best, couple years in prison, two years maybe probation after that. Mm-hmm. He's 24, 25 by that time. Yeah. Can maybe still make the NFL, but as of right now, and at, well, at 22 years old, first-round draft pick, you're on your way up as one of the best and speediest wide receivers in the game right now. His career is potentially done. Yeah, and I mean, at a certain point, you're 25 coming out of jail, at best 25. What NFL team is really going to want to pick you up knowing that you possibly go do this again? Yeah. It's, it's just one of those situations that's... It's very tough. It's very tough. And like, I, don't, I don't have a ton to say about it. this topic. Ruggs has to be smarter here. Thoughts and prayers go out to the family of the victim. It, I can't imagine how hard this is for them right now. It, I, I, I just don't have a ton to say. Uh, outside of Ruggs, be better. And people be better. Drunk driving shouldn't... Saying no to driving drunk is not hard. We have to be better as a society with it. My, and he, I mean, he was on the Vegas Strip. I get it, the environment, the situation, but man, like, how do, how how do you let that happen? Yeah, well, how, and, how, how does it get to that point? Well, and to your point, on the Vegas Strip, I'm sure there's cabs. I'm sure there's transportation available on the Vegas Strip. Especially for Henry Ruggs. Like, I can't imagine he's not a, a popular guy in that town. I'm sure somebody would have helped him out. So it. But but in the end, doing all the facts. Exactly. What we do know, drunk driving person and their, and their, and their animal died. <laughs> it's tragic. Ruggs, probably still in the hospital at this point. He did get released oh, already. Oh, oh, okay. Well, mm-hmm. hopefully he can get whatever help he needs and. Hopefully justice will be brought to the victim and her family. Yeah. Ruggs is set to appear in court this morning. Uh, I'll try to update you guys on this situation as it goes, but I don't exactly know the timetable of this. But, you know, that's going to do it for that topic right there. I, I don't really want to talk about Henry Ruggs too much longer. I just, I, it's one of those, I'm, I'm somewhat tired of it. So be better, public figures. We need to be better as a society, but... We'll be right back with the Wired Up Sports podcast here on KMSA 91.3. I'm Josh Coleman here with Matt Kennedy. We will be back to talk about Derrick Henry and some injuries. Oh, well, we will just jump in. My <laughs> my bumper music apparently does not want to play, Matt. Uh, we're 40 seconds into it, but the song doesn't want to actually start. So Did the ox? Uh, yeah, it's plugged into my ox? laptop. I don't know what just happened, but... Let's just jump back into it. We're 
back here on the Wired Up Sports Podcast <laughs> after that interesting transition that we had where bumper music might have been playing. I don't know. Don't fully know. If you guys heard it, I'm happy that it was there. Um, but, yeah, let's talk about some Derrick Henry injury news where he just had surgery. Uh, it was for a broken bone in his foot. Had surgery yesterday. Uh, I mean, I'm I'm sure most of the sports world is in somewhat of an agreement uh, that the Titans season for the most part is over. I think it's, I think it's a little bit a toss up right now. I don't think they're going to, the expectations for the Titans have completely changed with the injury. Like you, they're just not the same caliber of team without Derrick Henry. It was their offense. I'm so sorry. I'm so you're, sorry about the yawn. You're all good. Second cup of coffee sometime soon. Um, <laughs> but no, he was there. He was their offense. He was the, Best option for an MVP pick at, at the running back position. Yeah. He was close to 1,000 yards already. Derrick Henry was the man. Leading rusher in the NFL for the last two seasons. Yeah. Potentially going to be a third this year. Yeah. I remember a crazy stat after last week. It was like Derrick Henry alone has more rushing yards than 24 teams in the NFL combined. I saw that same stat as well. My goodness. Yeah. And I actually saw a stat that his yards after contact as well is more has he's got more yards after contact than like six NFL teams Mm -hmm. which is absurd that it's just even after contact doesn't even take in all of his rushing yards but I mean I'm at the point though where for sure the entire Titans offense definitely took a hit without Derrick Henry but I don't think that it's quite as cut and dry, black and white as they're done. Because, I mean, we've seen Tannehill be a very serviceable quarterback over the years. Not not a great quarterback, but he, he can get it done if he needs to. You just think Plus, like, what's, what, what's, what are they going to do to put themselves over the edge? See, here's where... I'm not going to say that Adrian Peterson signing is makes me happy about it. But Jeremy McNichols, their back their backup running back can catch passes out of the backfield. Uh-huh. So I think that obviously the run game is going to take a hit, but if they can work in some play action pass, get McNichols the ball out of the backfield, that's not something we see out of the Titans offense a ton. McNichols, he's their third leading uh, receiver with, now I have to double check, but it was 201 yards if I'm correct. Um, 203 yards this season. But if they can really get that going, receiving out of the backfield that's something we don't see very often out of this titans team plus i think right now they're really happy about the addition of julio jones because him and aj brown are just so hard to cover that your offense doesn't stall if it was just aj brown and ryan Tanhill, i'd be with everybody else of saying this offense done like get ready for the colts to win the division but i think Tannehill with aj brown and julio jones can at least win enough games to get them a wild card or perhaps win the division. You look at the offense and how it's been split up this year too. It's been 13 rushing touchdowns compared to 11 receiving touchdowns. Pretty even. Yeah. Normally when you, you expect that, you're like, okay, well, Derek also gets the majority of the yards. When you look at the the difference in, in, in yards this season, um, 1,100 yards, from the rushing game, of course, 937 of those came from Derrick Henry alone, and then 2,000 yards receiving. 
And a lot of that has been between A.J. Brown, Julio Jones, and McNichols themselves. Kind of like a one-two-three split there. Chester Rogers is their number three option at wide receiver. I don't, I'm not too sure about their tight end game. I'm not Ferkser would be the name that sticks out, but it's not like Anthony Ferkser's having a terrific season. Pruitt, Nicole Pruitt, is that the other one? Yes, I think so. And uh, it's it's it's, it's got to be tan. I don't know. I, I I had hopes for for the Titans coming into this season. I mean, when they come out and they who who have they beaten this year? They're six and two, first in the first in their division in the AFC South. They have beaten teams like. Seattle, Indianapolis, they lost to New York. Can't remember how that happened, an overtime loss. And they've beaten the Buffalo Bills in Kansas City in, in back-to-back weeks. Yeah, I mean. Their schedule coming up, L.A., New Orleans, and then New England, minus a game in against Houston in a couple weeks. That's a tough schedule. I don't see them winning two of those games. Right. I'm I'm right there with you. The three games that I had the Titans for sure either losing or I couldn't, they were too close to tell were those two games against the Rams and the saints. And then the San Francisco game week 16, just cause I don't know exactly what the San Francisco defense yeah. is going to look like that week and they could beat them. But I and that's think a Thursday night game too. That's yes. right after they, they go to Pittsburgh. Right. So I think that they can win the majority of those games. I think they can win at least six, but it is going to be a lot for Tannehill to handle because, I mean, T- Tannehill's looked all right this year. He's got 2,002 passing yards so far this season, 10 touchdowns and seven interceptions. Not terrific, but if he can even that back out with cutting down interceptions and even just two three touchdowns a game, you win football games. Yeah. You win football games no matter what yeah. with that. So I think that... I think they can still be a serviceable team. The expectations changed mightily, though, for the Titans. It's pretty amazing when one player impacts a team like that. Yeah. Derrick Henry is a generational talent. Of course. We've, we've known that before. Yeah. But at the running back position, it's very rare when, when that happens to where your whole season now is in jeopardy. When you're sitting at 6-2. and two, Yeah. And you think they make the playoffs, sure. They win the division, sure, unless the Colts make a run. But they've already beaten the Colts twice this year. You think they won't make it anywhere past the first or second round of the playoffs. Yep. So that's why they're kind of writing the season off, thinking like if we had any year to do something special, it was this year. It was year. this year. With the acquisition of Julio Jones and A.J. Brown, he's peaking. Oh, man, it's, if, if you're a Titans fan, I'm gutted for you. Yeah, I, I'm so sad for them. It's it's one of those things of for sure this team is not going to. They now, were Super Bowl contenders. Now the timetable is six to ten weeks. Yeah, I saw, I saw 6 to 10. I saw a report that said 6 would be early, 8 is realistic. So you get Derrick Henry back. I'm for not, the playoffs, realistically. The yeah. For the last two weeks of the season at best. Yeah, and, but w- and then a playoff run. You would, for me personally, if you get him back two weeks left in the regular season, you maybe play him for a half of one of those games. If you need to. Well, and... I'm not even thinking if you need because, to because, to get him back in the groove of things uh-huh. where he gets five carries and just sees the field again. 17 and 18, those two last weeks for for the Titans. Miami and Houston. Yeah, like... You are not going to want to play Derrick Henry that much. No, yeah. In those two, in those you two need games. Five, ten carries at the maximum just so that he can get back on the field, see it again, 
kind of get back in the same rhythm, but yeah. I'm with you. You rest him for those final two weeks. Fun fact, you can buy tickets for that game at Houston for as low as $14. <laughs> Looking at you the wanna, t- <laughs> You want to take a trip? Uh, it's in Houston, too. It's in Houston. Yeah. Gosh, man. $14. $14 for an NFL game. What? Oh, oh, how the mighty have fallen in Houston. <laughs> oh, how the mighty have fallen. Oh, um, but let's take a quick listen to Rex Ryan and Ryan Clark, who joined Get Up yesterday to talk about this. And they actually are sharing fairly similar aspects to me and Matt, our sentiments as well. Let's take a quick listen. This is a team that in the last two weeks has beaten Buffalo, Kansas City, and Indianapolis. So establish itself as legitimately a Super Bowl contender. How do you describe what this loss means to the Reds? There's no player in the league that means more to his football team than Derrick Henry. I agree, Rick. And I'm just telling you, this this is the biggest loss you can have. And it's it it takes them from being in the one or two. Uh, you know, the best AFC. team in the AFC. Yeah. They ain't That's going real. anywhere without this. What guy. do you think? Right, no, I, and, and, and I know this seems grim. I don't think this team has a chance to contend without right. Derrick Henry. When you see how heavily dependent they are on him, not only to set the tone physicality, but for actual production, it doesn't seem like this team will be able to produce in a manner offensively to win football games down the stretch. Derrick Henry is so important. Even yesterday, with him being injured. The fact that he was on the field actually mattered. For like 20-some carries. Yeah, and so so now you look at this team without Derrick Henry. I don't know how they find a way to replace that. And, Matt, I think we can, I think we can say that we're, we're in agreement there. It's, it's tough for this Titans football team to make up for Derrick Henry. And honestly, again, Adrian Peterson... He's a solid, he's one of the few backs that's built like Derrick Henry to just be between the tackles a runner. Mm-hmm. But he's, I don't even, I don't even remember how old he is, but Adrian Peterson, he's what, 32, 33? 36. Thir- he's oh 36 my. years old. Oh, wow. I was remember so that, under. Remember that 91-yard uh, touchdown run he had? Yeah. He was 33 at that time. Oh, my. Or the 30, 33, 34, because that was like one of the, like, look at the 33 or 34-year-old. Like, that's how, and he looks slow then. Yeah. Still fast enough to outrun an entire NFL defense, which is very impressive. But what is Adrian Peterson going to do? Not much. What is he going to do? Honestly, they would have been just as good calling Marshawn Lynch, who's 35. Yeah. Honestly, I think they should call Marshawn Lynch and bring both back because if one is 36 and 35, you're going to need them both. Jeremy McNichols can't take all of the snaps. I just I, I just don't think AP at 36 can get... Can even take a hit? Yeah, like I just don't think it it's feasible for a running back at 36 to be productive. As often as the Titans run the football, yeah, you can't expect the production rate to be the same. No, and it's not going to be anywhere near the same. And just let's just be honest. It's going to be quite the drop-off for the Titans in their run game. But they still may win football games. Yeah, I actually am really surprised that they didn't try to make take a shot at Marlon Mack, even though the Colts probably sure. wouldn't have traded it to a divisional rival. Why wouldn't you call, knowing that they may not trade him, but he's better than anybody we got. I'm sure they tried whatever they could. To get anybody. Yeah. Within the last... I'm sure they were trying for Melvin Gordon, potentially. I'm sure they were trying for... 
uh, Eagles running back, I have no idea. But, but man, what a sucky situation for the Titans to be in. Yeah, I mean, they go from possibly getting to the Super Bowl this year to losing in the first or second round. Yeah. And realistically, losing in the first round is just, yeah, wild card round is kind of where I have them at, unless they somehow still beat the Colts for the division. But who knows, man? Who knows? But we will come right back in just a minute or two with one of our favorite segments, the top five, bottom three, and the live Mets Matters Reaction with our very own Matt Kennedy. I'm Josh Coleman here with the Wired Up Sports Podcast on KMSA 91.3. Back here on the Wired Up Sports Podcast with Jerry and Josh. Actually, Jerry, that's so used to the old podcast name that I still like, even in classes, I will say Jerry for all time, Josh Coleman. Really? Yeah. I miss Jerry a lot, man. Oh, man. I miss him a lot. Uh, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. Well, he has to so that he can come say hi to us, but he doesn't have to, like, come back. He can come back on the phone. Oh. I don't, did he say, because I I can't remember if he said he was vaccinated or he said he was vaccinated. Oh, so he got an alternative immunization. Yes. I don't know what that is. (laughs) I hope. I hope that's what he took. That would be awesome if he took Flintstone gummies and was acting like that was that was the way to go. But, I mean, let's jump into some top five, bottom three. Matt, do you want to go first? Yeah. AFC? Yeah. AFC. Um, top five. Do you normally stop at five and then go down to one, or is it one, two, three, four, five? I go five, four, three, two, one. You go one. five, four, three, two, one. Okay. Um, top five. AFCs, it's tough. You know, you can really sub in a whole lot of teams here. Yes, you can. Um, but this one specifically... Uh, Number twenty-two. I'm gonna I'm gonna bring in I'm gonna bring in the Indianapolis Colts. Okay. I am. Okay. I I, I think with the Cleveland I think with, not with Cleveland uh, with uh, the Tennessee Titans now losing their star player in Derrick Henry, I think they may start losing some games here, and oh, I yeah. think that's a position for the Indianapolis Colts. They are sitting at three and five because after a tough overtime loss, but they now have every advantage to increase their capacity to win these last football games. They're not facing the Titans anymore. Um, they can sneak in as a wild card team. Absolutely. So the future for the Colts is looking up now with uh, with what's his face Carson Wentz playing good football and uh, Jonathan Taylor. Yeah, uh, number four Kansas City Chiefs because Aaron Rodgers now tested positive for COVID. <laughs> they have all the all the all the availability to win on on Sunday. Number three, um, got to give it to the Chargers. Got to give okay. it to the LA Chargers. Uh, yes, they did drop from ten to twelve in the LA in the in the in the power rankings, but I think the AFC West is theirs to claim. Now with everything going on with the 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 Los Angeles, the, excuse me, the Las Vegas Raiders, um, after with Henry Ruggs, we don't want to talk about that anymore. And was that number three, number two? Gotta give it to the Bengals, man. Gotta give it to the Bengals. They are okay. despite that loss that they just had to uh, was it the, the, the Jets that just lost to the Jets. Yes, just lost to the Jets. Uh, still got the capability to be a top seed in the AFC. And then uh, and then and then number one, 
um, we're going to bring in uh, the good old the, the good old Buffalo Bills. Okay. Good, good old Buffalo Bills. And I probably should throw in the Baltimore Ravens, but I don't know. I mean, I, don't, I feel like they'll come back in at some point. But in terms of this week, Bills, top team in the AFC. I'm sitting at 5-2. and two. And, uh, yeah, and, you know, I'll throw in an alternative number one. Um, the guy who won $125,000 off of Jets quarterback Mike White. That's <laughs> – He's, he's, a bet. He's, he's the biggest he's, winner. He's the biggest winner. Yeah. He's the biggest winner. Small local business owner in New Jersey. Got a got 100K for uh, for for betting on Mike White um, in, in the Jets win over the, over the Bengals. Well, and what I want to know, what kind of money he has to throw $1,000 on Mike White. Like, was that, uh, eh, let's see if it hits kind of bet, or did he really think that that was going to hit or just get really lucky? I mean, he owns a small business. Got some money to throw around, so, yeah. I mean, I'm sure he's he's he, that was placed in Atlantic City. Good for him, and the fact that it was 125 to one odds that he would have the most passing yards of any quarterback in Week Eight. That's that's a that's a man from the future who came back and bet a thousand dollars on that. I wouldn't doubt it, dude. I wouldn't doubt it. Who in the who in their right mind places that bet after after the horrid week that Mike White had last? Prior to last week. Dude who's got nothing to lose as a Jets fan. That's fair. That's fair. All right. My top five NFC-wise, they are actually pretty consistent with the ESPN NFL standings. Number five, I have the Dallas Cowboys. I really, the question mark for this team is not their offense. It is their defense and how consistent they can be. Trayvon Diggs has shown us that he can be consistent on the outside, shutting down receivers week to week. Offense looks really good. C.D. Lamb, Amari Cooper, Zeke. Zeke looks back to Zeke abilities. So, mm-hmm. I mean, Cowboys, the sky's the limit for them right now, but I just don't know what to make of them because, well, they're the Dallas Cowboys. At four, I have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Pretty much right now, the the last week's loss to the Saints is inexcusable. They never should have lost that game. They're now 0-3 in the last two seasons against the Saints in the regular season. Just in the regular season. I know they won in the postseason last year. But, like... The Bucs are still a very, very good team. Their secondary's depleted, and they will get better. But I just don't they're, – they're four for me. Number three, I have the Arizona Cardinals. I just don't fully know what to make of this team on the defensive side of the football. They haven't been super consistent. J.J. Watt just got hurt with another season-ending injury. Hopefully he is all right. Um, but they need consistency on, on the ground. Their run game has not been – much to boast about this year and i think that until they find that they're going to be kind of one of those floaters in the nfc where they could win a super bowl but they also could lose in the wild card so that's that's where i sit with them number two i have the los angeles rams i mean post von miller trade said, yeah yeah they they have the best defensive pass rush in the league right now and i don't need to see a game to say that nope. matthew stafford cooper cup they're doing unbelievable things yep. that's that i that's all I have to say. The show. And number one, I think it's this one's easy, the Packers. It's hard not to have them at one right now after they walked into Arizona on the road and beat them down the last undefeated team without their top three wide receivers. It's just incredible. Now they may move in this after Aaron Rodgers caught COVID and uh, won't be with the team this week. So they could be dropping, but, I mean, right now, they're the best team in the NFC in my eyes outside of the defensive question marks, but so does every, all of these teams have defensive question marks. 
bottom three. Do you want to go first or do I, or do you want me to go first? I'm just gonna, I mean, AFC is just terrible. Yeah. AFC just you can. I'm just going to give you three teams and just know that they're bad. The Jets, despite their despite their win, they're still a bad football team. Yeah. Uh, Mike White's not. I don't even know how long is Zach Wilson out for. I don't know. I don't know if Zach Wilson Zach Wilson could be healthy, and if Mike White continues to play well, I think Mike White's sure, going to be sure. the starter. So but I don't. But they won a flu game against the Bengals. They're not a good football team, so no. they're in the bottom three. Uh, and then Jacksonville and the Texans. That you can really interchange any any three of those teams. Well, they're not worthy of talking about. No, not you really. You can buy a, a Texans ticket for fourteen dollars. <laughs> apparently, what? What? That's a minor league baseball game. Oh, that's so funny though. That's so funny. Fourteen dollars for an NFL game. That's yeah. that's nosebleed seats at a Nuggets game. And I would rather go to a Nuggets game than a Texans football game. Yeah, I'm right there with you. In the you. nosebleeds. Yeah, I'm right there with you. My bottom three are kind of pretty similar. You can kind of list these teams wherever. I, three, I have the Washington football team. I mean, they lost to the Broncos. I don't know what else I have to say. It, yeah. The New York Giants, I have it too. And really, the injuries have been the only reason this team has been as bad as they sure. have been. Yeah, Saquon has been on and off the field all year and it, it's hurt the passing game because they don't have the run game and then it won i think a unanimous worst team in football the detroit lions they're just they're bad they're a bad football team their defense is really bad and their offense can put put up points but like it's just not very consistent i like dan campbell oh I really it do. hurts it hurts dan campbell cares so much I feel like he's gonna cry every single game man. i know gosh oh god it's so sad. Uh, but I want to end it with uh, a live reaction of Matt's Matters with our very own Matt Kennedy. You can follow him on Twitter at MJKennedyTweet. Yeah. I highly suggest you give him a follow. He's got some of the best statistics that you will find on all of sports Twitter. Highly suggest get, giving him a follow. He's, he's great. He, he's got a lot of funny tweets as well. But, Matt... I think the first tweet that I have featured from you, these are all from uh, November 1st, basically, because you you were on the uh, Twitters quite ex- exclusively on November yeah. 1st. That was Monday, right? That was yes, Mon- that Miller was Monday. Trade? Okay, yep. that was Mon- Miller trade day. And uh, the first tweet, you say, the Broncos fans celebrating with Vaughn when he wins another Super Bowl this year, and you included a gif of Vaughn Miller and James Corden dancing. And I just think you're so right, because I'm if if the Rams win this Super Bowl, I will be ecstatic mm-hmm. i'll be dancing in my living room ecstatic Absolutely. the only reason why you would not want the rams to do well is because of those draft pick draft picks that they got in the second and third round but the rams are not going to tank this year they're no. not going to fall the, they're not going to fall to the face of the earth they're going to do really well so might as well have them go all the way right yeah and uh, we're all rams fans now we're <laughs> all rams fans i love the rams there's not one aspect of the game that i don't i mean maybe less need with how we treated the departure yeah. and not paying the city of St. Louis, whatever. Yeah. Whatever. But he did Von Miller good. He did, he did do Von Miller. Broncos good. He gave us a favor. He gave us Kenny Young. Yeah. I mean, I, I saw your tweet about basically this trade was Von Miller. Uh, and it's, we sent a, them a sixth, right? I'm pretty sure with for Kenny Young. Yes. So yes. Von Miller in a sixth for Kenny Young. And $9 million. And $9 million, Yes. For Kenny Young, a seventh round and a second and third round draft mm-hmm. pick. So, overall, not a terrible trade if you combine them. But looking at the two, they're pretty they're pretty weak for both teams, <laughs> just on their own. Correct. Second team, second tweet. I actually, I think you bring up an interesting point with this one. 
Your tweet says Von Miller should have his number retired, inducted into the Broncos' ring of fame, as well as the Hall of Fame within the same year. I think you're right. I think he he should get into the ring of fame and Hall of Fame no matter what. I think the same year is a little bit tougher to do, but also not at the same time. You saw with Peyton Manning. Yeah, I, it, you can, it's very feasible. The yeah. one that I just don't know if you can retire his number the same year. I think not, that is a bigger debate. I'm not sure. I'm not sure how that works out. Yeah. The the latest, latest, number, latest number who they retired was Peyton Manning yet again. But I think with Von Miller and his impact, especially if he comes back to the yeah. Broncos and does something well, if I don't, I, I can't predict the future here. I really don't know what that's going to look like. Yeah. But man, what a legend he is. Yeah. You you get you got to at least think about retiring his number. They haven't retired Champ Bailey's number yet. Mm-hmm. You got to do that at some point. I don't know why Broncos players are still wearing twenty four. Who either. right? Somebody was wearing twenty four this year, right? Uh, it, I believe it, so. Is it a uh, Darby? No, Darby's twenty one. No. It, it's Callahan's twenty. I can't remember the secondary. I'm I'm pretty sure we have a twenty four, but y- you're correct. And that was kind of my question mark with this is because the Broncos really haven't retired a ton of numbers. It's John Elway, Peyton Manning, and it's it's Frank Trubuca. Mm-hmm. That's it. Mm-hmm. And so I just don't the same year for his re- number to be retired as well as the Ring of Fame and Hall of Fame. It seems like a tall task for all three. Sure. Make it happen at some point. But it, I agree. His number absolutely needs to be retired. He's, he is one of the best Broncos of all time. There's no ifs, ands, or buts. You just can't see another guy wearing 58. Yeah. He can't. No. He can't do it. And, and Champ Bailey needs to be retired as well. I'm right there with you. And then my final tweet. Really, really made me laugh with this one. <laughs> I thought it was perfect. You tweeted, the Broncos got rid of Von Miller before they dumped Pat Shermer, dot, dot, dot. Another thing to cry about today. Yeah. Dude, I mean, what? I get, it makes sense, but it also doesn't make sense. Yeah, it, it, it didn't make any Honestly, sense Honestly, why does Pat Shermer still have a job? And fans will what? echo that for days, and I'm sure George Payton can give me a very feasible answer for that. But still, man, the fact that you get rid of the most loved guy in franchise history within the last 50 years. Sorry. Sorry, that, that was that was mistaken. John Elway's that guy. Within the last since John Elway drafted Von Miller, yeah, he's been the guy. Yeah, it just hurts a little bit the fact that you're like we're just gonna drop Von and then keep Pat Shermer for ourselves. Yeah, and I, I know that's not the intention. I know that's not what they're sticking to the Broncos fans. But man, that sucks. That sucks a lot. Yeah, I'm right there with you, fact, especially. We still got to look at Pat Shermer and, and hear his press conferences when he says, you know, some teams just don't score in the first half. He, I can't, I don't know if I can take another Pat Shermer press conference, man. I just don't know if I can take it, man. They are truly something to witness with how poorly he handles some things. Mm-hmm. I, I just, I don't know if I can handle another one. I don't know if I can do it. I, but I'm right there with you. It, even after the win of over the Washington football team, you still could have fired Pat Shermer. Just for the last possession alone, you could have fired him. Uh-huh. So I, it made me laugh, but you were so sadly accurate that that I had to bring it up. But thank you for joining me today, Matt. It's been it's been a blast. Appreciate you having me, dude. Uh, I, anytime, anytime I you want to come on the show, you just let me know. All right. And thank you for appearing on my show as well. I'll call it everything. Yeah, a couple of times let, talking some Mac football. Let so. the people know where they can find you, Matt. Yeah, find me uh, on on Twitter and MJ Kennedy tweet like you just said. And before the All Called Everything Sports podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasting stuff, it's on there. It's a unique podcast. I've been on there a couple times. It's a blast. 15 minutes, really easy to digest. He does a great job asking questions. He's a terrific interviewer. 
I highly recommend you go check him out. Uh, but that's going to do it for today's episode of the Wired Up Sports Podcast with Josh Coleman here on KMSA 91.3. Thank you so much, Matt. I hope everybody has a great rest of your day.